Welcome to Confessions of a Fitness Professional Special Edition, a mini-series where we take a look at the blue zones of happiness. What are they? How can we gain perspective? And how can we utilize this method to live a better, fuller, more thriving lifestyle. Let's dive in. I cannot wait to uncover the mysteries of the blue zones of happiness with you. Welcome to this week's edition of Confessions of a Fitness Professional. We are diving into a special series on the podcast and the video. So hello, if you're joining me on YouTube, love the visual. Sometimes it's just nice to have something different. So I want to get into this special series on the blue zones of happiness. So if you have had a chance to grab a copy so that you can join along, or if you just happen to stumble upon this and you have previously read the book, or maybe this inspires you to read the book, please join along. I started doing a book club series a few years ago because genuinely I I love to learn and I love to read. And growing up, there was a part of me that always wanted to be a history teacher. And my favorite classes in high school and college were surrounding historical text or literature. And this is, this is more of a research-based book, but it has deep roots in sociology, anthropology, history, politics, all of those things. And to me, there is just absolutely nothing better than reading books like this and sharing them with you. I loved getting to hear other people's perspectives when we were reading a, a text together, hearing different viewpoints, understanding different values. That just gets me really pumped up. And I want to continue that into my adulthood. Why should we lose that just because we lose a traditional classroom setting? Welcome to the Fit with Andre classroom. Here we go. Class is in session. So why this book? Okay. I heard about the Blue Zones several years ago, probably didn't think anything of it. I heard of it in passing as I was studying nourishing traditions and I was leading this very vegetarian, almost vegan lifestyle. Radical homemaker was my idea of a good time. This kind of popped up as I was doing research and reading about books like that. Not this particular book, but the idea of, of Blue Zones and the creation of Blue Zones, but I never picked up a book. So prior to this was Blue Zone Solution. I feel like there are other ones and I should totally know. Um, Thrive and the Blue Zones. So I might have seen it in National Geographic, honestly, come to think of it. But I heard about it again. It was brought up to my attention, I want to say two or three years ago. One of my fellow high fitness instructors, who was actually, I call her my high fitness mommy. She's the one who trained me. Her name is McCall Tyson. And she did a whole thing on her Instagram about how she was reading it. She was sharing recipes and like going through the, the nine different principles of living a Blue Zones lifestyle, basically. And that really piqued my 
interest. I wanted to get to know more about the blue zones. I wanted to learn more about this way of life because truthfully, I'm here to learn how to do things better and how to share that with you. I feel like that is my, my calling in life is to be an excellent student, to try things out and to share the results with you. That's why I'm always trying to learn new fitness modalities and different movement modalities and, and kind of synthesize them and, and bring them to my clients, bring them to you. So let's dive into the blue zones. Okay. I picked the blue zones of happiness to focus on for this series because it seemed like a topic of the blue zones books. It seemed like one that many people could relate to or enjoy. Honestly, reading, I, I appreciate the history and the anthropology and the environmental pieces of just learning about the blue zones. But when you talk about longevity and happiness aren't those things that most people can get behind. So I thought this would be the best thing to bring to this short series for a book, a good one. So, okay, let's start with what is a blue zone? And this is where I wish I had like a visual chart that I could show you, but there have been different areas identified um, non-scientific term, given to geographic regions that are home to some of the world's oldest people. So basically what was happening, this author, Dan Buettner, was realizing that there were centenarians, they call them, so people that lived to be 100 or more, all around the world, and they were discovering pockets. So they were kind of graphing them and putting little dots on a graph, and they discovered that there were all of these 100-year-olds living in particular places around the world. So they discovered, and, and it goes into it in the Blue Zones book, but they also talk about it in Blue Zones of Happiness. And there is a mini series on Netflix called Living to 100, and they detail each and every one of these different villages or cities and talk about the things that they do to increase their longevity and really enjoy life. So they look at uh, Sardinia, Italy, Nicoya, Costa Rica, Korea, Greece, Okinawa, Japan, and Loma Linda in California. One other reason that I wanted to learn more about these blue zones, so my husband is a member of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, and Loma Linda is a huge Seventh-day Adventist community. So when I went out to Palm Springs to go to a conference, my husband came with me and he actually visited Loma Linda and got to go to their vegetarian store. And he gets, he still gets his vegetarian meats from the Loma Linda company and area. And it was just like a cool experience for him. So I had, I also knew that the Blue Zones were related to Loma Linda. Like I'd heard, I keep hearing about that from him. So it just, all of these things kind of converged to make this my, my study book of the first quarter of the year. So there are a lot of different facts about the different Blue Zones, but there were some commonalities derived from each of them. So a lot of these these communities around the world had an appreciation for the elderly the older generation 
none of the communities that are highlighted in the blue zones that had boasted these centenarians, people that were living longer, none of them had older folk homes. None of them had retirement communities. People of all ages lived together. And that's my, my first aha moment because I really, I really was a student of female and independent success, a student of manifest destiny. That was something that caught my attention way back in eighth grade and something that I continued to study well through college, even looking at it for my senior thesis in college. This idea of, of, of winning, of independence, of uh, rags to riches, of having it all, especially when it comes to women. So I, I know that my generation, especially millennial females, we have been taught that in order to be successful, you need to have your own place, you need to have your own things, you need to have made your own way. And it would never have occurred to me to live, go back and live with my family. I needed to be independent. I needed to be on my own. That was being successful. But what, what they're finding in these blue zone regions, these areas, is people of all ages coexist. And the youth look up to the elderly the adults of the community, the ones who were really running, respected the elderly and got all of their information from them to continue on traditions, to continue living this way of life, and everybody benefited from that living situation. I thought that was fascinating, just how much they really revered the elderly. They didn't just push them off into a retirement community and say, we'll come see you on Sunday. They are part of daily life in their households. I thought that was interesting. They also, these different areas really promote social environments. So some of them will have this group of people that stick together from childhood through the older years. They take care of each other. Um, there was one instance where one did fall ill and everybody kind of got together to uh, pull their funds together to get that person better, get them the treatment that they needed that was not available in their, in their immediate area. There was a lot of emphasis placed on being social and having a social group. Again, this idea of needing to be independent, this idea of being alone. I, I know we joke about it in memes of things like, you know, I, I, I couldn't go outside today because there were too many people or it was just too people-y today. I know I say it too, or there are just days that I, I like being by myself. But I found it, especially within our fitness community, I look forward to seeing your faces at classes every week or every other day, how often I get to see you, that brings joy to my life, more so than I think the workout does. Like the little times right before class, right after class. Do you remember, I mean, this really has not happened since COVID, but pre-COVID, my husband would text me like, are you coming home? Because it would have been like an hour or an hour and a half after class that we were still talking. So all of that, that time, that, that social time, I think that's why group fitness does so well because we, we bring each other together. We look out for each other. We celebrate each other's successes. We're there for each other on some tough days. 
working through some tough elements. So I think there's something to that social group. Something else that he noticed about the uh, the different blue zones, the people that lived in the different blue zones is that they made their food. They did not, some of them didn't even really have access to fast food or faster food. They made things together and they made things from scratch. And their, a lot of their diets were mostly vegetarian and they consisted of what we call, you know, the three sisters, the, the corn, and the beans and the squashes, kind of squashes. So they were not eating a ton of meat. We, I, and I know in the fitness community, we prioritize protein. We say protein over everything. But some of me wonders if that is just to keep going. Like if we're saying protein, cause you can keep going, carb up so you can keep going, keep going, keep going, go faster, go faster. The blue zones, for happiness, really prioritize downtime. However, he also noticed that while they weren't necessarily going to like a fitness class or uh, pumping, pumping weights in a gym, they were moving constantly and consistently throughout the day. So that neat exercising, right? Where you are uh, gardening. So the, the people that were like 100 years old, still alive, gardening every day, they were squatting down and lifting up like 30, 40 times, tending to their garden every single day. He also found in, um, specifically in Okinawa, they did not have chairs. So sitting on a chair like this, where you know, we're really shortening our hip flexors and we are not squatting as much as I think we should be, just to get up and down, to eat, to do chores, whatever it was, they were doing hundreds of squats a day. So they were in great shape at even 80, 90, 100 years old goals, right? So of course, just that little tidbit, and this is just from part one of this book, just the tip of that iceberg, just that little tidbit, just those little facts makes me want to read more. Okay, so how how are they doing this? My initial thought when I look at groups of people like this is, how are they affording to live? Because I don't know about you, but bills are a thing, right? We, there's always something that requires our, our money. And a lot of them will pull resources. You know, they're not spending a lot of money on you know, going out to eat. They stay in a, a, a pretty small radius of their home. They walk everywhere. They uh, either bicycle or walk if they have a work location outside their home. And they're not trying to work for the weekend, right? They're not trying to work in order to go away and take their, their pity two weeks of vacation from their job. Some of them worked from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. and that was it. Four hours a day. They're onto something there. They are onto something there. I, I love it. So this is really just part one, part one of this huge book. We're gonna do a few different weeks of this series. So I, I really enjoyed this and I think it's a great perspective on thriving a great perspective on what is happiness and why do we need to be happier and they have this they have this scale so some of the research that they did 
they would go to um, one location and have several people fill out a, a couple of questions about themselves, their, um, their current health, and they asked them to rate their own happiness on a scale from zero to 10, 10 being the happiest, zero being not happy at all. It's simple as that. How happy are you? Like, and in that idea, how many times have you smiled in the last 24 hours? How many times have you had positive or happy thoughts in the last 24 hours? Utilizing that information, rate how happy you are on a scale from zero to 10. So I'll ask you that. In the last 24 hours, how many times have you smiled or laughed or had positive or good thoughts? Utilizing that information, rate yourself on a scale from zero to 10. How happy are you today? I think I'm probably at a seven. I'm at a seven. I'm in a place with my professional work where I, I'm creating more work for myself than I need to. I kind of just do that. I mean, obviously, look, I'm doing a book series here. I don't need to do this, but I like it. I'm creating more work for myself because I like a challenge and I like to create. I need to create in order to be happy. I am not a status quo paper pusher. I am not a sit down and listen and wait for instructions. I go, I create, I like to be in charge. I like to share the knowledge that I have to benefit other people. Perfect for being a fitness trainer, right? Perfect for being a fitness trainer. I like to take information and synthesize it and make it available for lots and lots of people. Okay, so he did that happiness test and then he went back to those locations and did it one year later after implementing some changes in those cities. And I thought that was pretty cool. And they noticed that people were happier when they got to stay closer to home, when they had four or five socializing hours with each other, when they, they were mindful about the food that they were eating, not just sort of mindlessly eating. It is in our fast paced ex expectations and culture, it is so easy to just mindlessly eat. Um, they also included in the Blue Zones of Happiness in part one, there is this Blue Zones Happiness Test. I'm gonna try, I'm gonna find a link and post it in the comments on the YouTube and also the comments on the podcast. It asks about, it's like all of these different life factors and it gives you a rating. So it can help you figure out this, the status of happiness in your life. So there's that simple scale, but then there's also this test where it's asking life factors like, and this is, this is indicative of people living in the blue zones, what they had and what helped them thrive and be happy. So things like you live with a loving partner. I love this one. You own a dog. Dog people are the best people. You volunteer at least one hour per week. Ooh, that was another major component of every single blue zone that they found. People were volunteering multiple times a week. So not only were they helping themselves, they were utilizing their time to help others. And I can attest to that. That's something that I, I spent a lot of 2023 volunteering at a food pantry. I've been spending a lot of the last, I don't know, four months or so in, into this year 
uh, reading to little kids every week, just giving yourself that little dose. It allows you to step outside of maybe your comfort zone. It allows you to view the world from somebody else's perspective and it makes you feel really good to, to give back and share your talents and expertise with others. Um, they also have on here things like you spend at least three hours per day socializing with people whose company you enjoy. That's an important one. You regularly treat yourself to new experiences. You regard yourself as being likable. You have houseplants, a fish tank, live near a park, or have a window to view nature. You have clear life, out, uh, clear life goals and monitor your progress. Ooh, here's a good one. You get at least 7.5 hours of sleep. Life-changing. Life-changing. Um, you can articulate your sense of purpose or life mission, and you have time to keep up with hobbies you enjoy. That's just a few. There are a lot of factors, and what you do is sort of go through and put an X next to the ones that are important, and then this is the scale. Pleasure, purpose, pride. So they have taken all of these different life factors and put them into those three areas. Pleasure, purpose, pride. Again, from looking at all of the different blue zones, the way that they live their lives, how they're living longer, how happy they are, how much they're thriving, it boils down to those three elements. Purpose, pride, and pleasure. If you had a certain score in each of those columns, it, it lets you know where you are in that blue zones happiness scale. And maybe it gives you some perspective on things to potentially change. If you are feeling stuck, or if you are feeling like you're in a rut, or something is off, or something is missing. You can read this book being perfectly happily content with your life. It just gives you a new perspective, something new to learn. But if you're looking for something more, or you feel like you could do more, or you could live more to your full potential, I feel like this is gonna help you move the needle for sure. And I'm only 44 pages in, and I'm in, I'm in it. <laughs> so I took this little test and they're gonna dive more into all of those things. So as a, uh, a finisher for this first part, they kind of boiled it down to, so again, there's that blue zones test, the scale from zero to 10. They looked at all of these different places around the world. True happiness has these elements. Living with someone that you love, spending 30 minutes of quality time, if you have kids with them at least five times a week, having a dog, spending less than one hour watching TV or playing video games, that's huge. Having people in your life whom you can confide in after a difficult day. Eating six servings of fruits or vegetables daily. Again, a lot of the, the blue zones he found were primarily vegetarian. And interestingly enough, if they did eat meat, it was almost always pork. Interesting. I, just, I don't eat pork. You meditate at least once a week. You visit the doctor and the dentist at least once per year. Your home has natural good light. You live near nature, you can articulate your sense of purpose or life mission, and you care for loved ones such as sick children or aging parents. 
So he found that the people that had those life things, again, under that scale of pleasure, purpose, and pride were among the happiest people he encountered around the world. Or he, I say he, I mean the author, Dan Buettner, of this book, but there was a team of people that did this research. So I'm excited to see where we go next. I think part two, we're going to dive into all of the different blue zones that he studied and the particular regions and what they focused on for their thriving and their happiness. And again, if you don't have the interest in reading this book, that Netflix series, Living to 100, was so good. Highly recommend checking that out. I think it's only a couple of hours. There's, It's a mini series. There's like four episodes. Very easy to digest, easy to have on as you're doing other tasks. Um, I enjoyed watching it while I was doing dishes and laundry and all kinds of things like that. So good, a good one to, to watch, but I'm excited to dive even deeper into this book. I have a feeling after reading this, I'm going to probably read the rest of his books. I tend to do that. Do you do this? If I find an author that I really love, I will end up reading all their books. I'll just go one after the other. I will read all of their books because I want to really understand their, their work. I really want to, to build a bigger picture. I want to, to live in their world. So that's probably what I will end up doing. But thank you for joining me for the first part of the series. We're going to have three more of these special versions of Confessions of a Fitness Professional. Um, I guess the confession for this week that you can say is I am a book club nerd and I think that makes me a better fitness professional. I do. I really do. Thank you so much for joining me. I look forward to diving into this book even more with you. And if you haven't been able to go get a copy, go to uh, the library or grab a copy at your bookstore or on Amazon where you can get your hands on one. And let's keep learning about the blue zones of happiness and how we can thrive together. Bye.